0: today on the bill kelly show on 900 chml i want to move on because there's a lot of elements to this uh, even to the story that we're talking about here with the premier and one of those of course is another issue that the premier has had to deal with over the last little while uh that the idea about parliamentary privilege of course he was uh, petitioned to appear before the uh, emergencies act uh, inquiry that's going on in ottawa and uh, he uh, exercised his parliamentary privilege and says we don't have to show up Uh, which went under investigation. And of course, the uh, result of that and the uh, journey of of that long legal journey came the other day. And uh, the commission came up with an interesting idea here now there's been a lot of people trying to interpret this and uh, I think one of the best pieces that kind of tells you where we are and what this all means uh comes from our next guest uh Michael Kempka of course is an associate professor of criminology at the University of Ottawa uh, Michael first of all uh, on a very busy day thanks for taking some time with us I really appreciate it okay thank you Bill uh I read your commentary which I think lays this whole thing out here in in, in you know a matter of fact manner here and uh, I, I don't want to try to you know abridge everything that you've said here and the brilliant analysis you've done here into one sentence but I, i'm getting a sense that basically what you're saying here is the judge says yeah you can exercise it but we prefer that you didn't but uh it's, it's up to you and, and uh, th- now that's that's there's a lot more to this as well and uh, you know some people who say well ford won here I, I don't know that anybody really won
1: no there's no winners here i mean in the end parliamentary privilege is basically a brick wall once the court determines that it does apply, they are not allowed to ask any more questions. They can't say, is it fair that it applies? Is it in the public interest that it applies? It either applies or it doesn't. And in this case, they ruled that it does. And therefore, they cannot force Doug Ford or Sylvia Jones to testify. Ford went a little further in his legal strategy, he basically tried to argue that it was completely illegitimate for the Commission to even ask him. That opened the door for the judge to make some more commentary, which was less favorable to the Premier, where he said, even though I can't force you, it's completely legitimate that you were asked, because you do seem to have important information to share. And there's a strong push from the judge in there that he probably should be going, even if parliamentary privilege does apply.
0: Yeah, he he seemed to intimate that on more than one occasion there in his his decision uh, that should they want to change their mind. In other words, kind of saying, you know, you really should change your mind here.
1: Well, that's the thing. And the judge was pretty candid. He said parliamentary privilege is a very old concept. It's a little bit out of date. There's all kinds of new things like federal inquiries that serve the public interest. The courts do not have the power to change the interpretation of parliamentary privilege. And he said, if we're looking at this case, it doesn't seem like the best outcome. It's the brick wall necessary legal outcome. But I'm nudging legislators here. You need to go back to the concept of parliamentary privilege and update it a little bit so that it applies a little bit more fairly and in the public interest in exactly these kinds of
0: cases." Will they? I mean, will Parliament and and and, and parliamentarians uh, take this upon themselves to try to try to quote unquote modernize it?
1: In an absence of public outrage, absolutely not. Because parliamentary privilege, as it exists, is just too valuable a tool. Uh, it's mutated into a thing that mostly protects the interests of the parliamentarian as opposed to its original intention to protect the ability of the parliamentarian to serve the public interest. But if you give a politician a useful tool that serves their own interests, they'll never willingly give
0: it up. (laughs) <laughs> that that's common sense, I guess with human nature really. But I always I always under the impression though, Michael, that, that the whole concept was, as you say, so that you can speak freely in the legislature or the House of Commons, wherever it might be, uh, without fear of, of recrimination or, or lawsuits or whatever the case might be. And I, I see that to a point. Uh but this is not really what the premier was doing here, was it? No, and that's part of the
1: issue. So parliamentary privilege has a couple of dimensions. One is that right of parliamentarians to full free expression. And the other one is to make them immune from legal duties that would be so onerous that it would take up all their time and they wouldn't be able to do what they're supposed to be doing in the legislature. In this case there's no threat of any legal consequences an inquiry does not establish criminal guilt or liability or anything along those lines and it's only basically a one-day process with maybe a little bit of prep before that so the argument would be since this is a federal inquiry that is meant to serve the public interest and it's not a big ask and there's no formal legal consequences It really doesn't threaten the ability of the legislator, in this case, Doug Ford and Sylvia Jones, to go and testify for a day. Nevertheless, even though that all makes intuitive sense... The judge is not allowed to ask any of those questions. Now, he did in, you know, what they would call obiter, which is sort of extra comments that don't really relate to the specific decision, get into all of that. And the reason he did was, as I say, Doug Ford went a little far in his legal strategy of trying to say, not only does parliamentary privilege apply, basically, how dare the commissioner even ask me, this was an abuse of his authority. And there the judge was able to say, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. It was a legitimate summons. You may choose not to go based on your parliamentary privilege. It's probably not the best idea, though. Uh,
0: sadly, I think most of our legal knowledge uh, these days comes from watching courtroom dramas on TV and seeing how they do it, which, is, by the way, is in in, by definition wrong because we're watching a U.S. system and it's different from the Canadian system. But in, in that context, though, which is probably how a lot of people would look at this, his name came up during testimony uh, more than once. Uh, it would make sense then that the the, the prosecutors or in this case the, the attorneys for the inquiry would say, well, I want to get his side of the story. I mean, you know, in other words, he's been named here. What exactly was he asked and what exactly did he say? And and I got the sense that that was really the essence of why he was being asked to appear. And as you say, there's, there's no culpability here. It's just to try to clarify that record. Uh, but that's not going to happen, apparently. No. And that's a shame because. What the premier
1: has been saying is essentially the entire uh, process of responding to the convoy was 100% a police matter, and therefore none of his business, essentially. That's why he shouldn't have to go and testify at the commission. The commissioner has said, that's not quite right. There were many political decisions taken at the municipal, provincial, and federal level in this process. For example, premier you decided not to attend meetings with the city of ottawa and the federal government trilateral meetings to try to work out what to do about this problem that's not a police matter that was your political decision we need to understand why you didn't go to these meetings. You said in the public record it was a waste of time. What do you mean by a waste of time? And not because necessarily we want to blame you and say, well, no, you're wrong. It was a very valuable thing that you decided not to go to. If it was a waste of time, explain it to us so that next time we're going to set these meetings up in a way that it will not be a waste of time. In other words, fix it. So that when we're in a crisis again, we've learned from your perspective as well, why this was not a good use of the premier's time. In other words, what would make it a good use of your time? If you don't come and answer those questions, unfortunately, we're not going to fix anything so that we're in a bad position later. We're going to have the same negative result.
0: Uh, Fascinating analysis of this, Michael. I'm glad you had some time for us today to, uh, to impart this to our listeners. Thanks so much for this. Thank you kindly, Bill. Michael Kempa, Associate Professor of Criminology, of course, at the University of Ottawa. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900
1: CHML.